Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 351. It's reconnecting with the things that bring you joy. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Happy New Year 2022. The kids came home for Christmas and now have gone back to Colorado for their New Year's festivities. And another round of family arrived on our doorstep a couple of days ago. That's what the holidays are all about, right? friends and family, and I love it. We decided to have a nice, cozy New Year's celebration at home this year, hanging out in the kitchen, cooking a special meal, and then relaxing by the fireplace, anticipating the countdown. Then, as midnight drew near, of course, the noisemakers and hats came out, along with the bubbly. Now, I know I'm painting the perfect picture here, and that there are many people dealing with all sorts of health, financial, and relationship challenges. And the holidays only accentuate that. If that's you, I want you to know I recognize and I see you. And although I consider myself very blessed, my perfect picture has its own blemishes. I can't think of one person in my life who can say that everything is the best it could possibly ever be nor can we ever. I just choose not to highlight or focus on the hard and disappointing things, unless they're relevant to a topic we're discussing here. It's not that I'm covering them up. It's just where I choose to focus my energy, on the positive things, so they shine brighter than the others. If you're struggling with something in your life, I hope you find that this podcast and my coordinating community, Gift Biz Breeze, to be a welcoming, supportive, and inclusive place to help you navigate your way. And with that, as we look forward into the new year, I searched for a guest who could bring us a message on how to be better and advocate for ourselves. As my husband would say, be your own best friend. So today's talk is about the future, including specific actions you can take to support and show love to yourself because you deserve it. You'll hear ways to be happier and bring more joy to your days. A new way of being in 2022, if you will. Now, doesn't that sound exciting and something to look forward to? Happy New Year 2022, and welcome to the first episode of the podcast for the year. I have the perfect guest for you. It's LaVista Jones. LaVista is the founder and CEO of 31 Marketplace, an agency that helps overworked solopreneurs do what they love without sacrificing themselves and experiencing burnout. She accomplishes this by blending systemization and self-care topics that she and her guests speak candidly about on her podcast, Boss Talk. As a burned-out survivor herself, LaVista is leading a movement of entrepreneurs who want more from life than frazzled days and sleepless nights. Her unique approach to blending strategy, implementation, and holding space for moments to breathe helps each client cultivate their own culture of work-life balance. We need you so badly. Welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Oh, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am, like I said before, so thrilled that you're here. You know, a new year brings this anticipation of the ability and the opportunity to do things differently. And that's the conversation that I'm looking forward to getting into with you today. But before we do, I have to do something because some traditions don't go away with the new year. And that (laughs) is our motivational candle. So if you were to shed a little more light on who you are, Share with us what a motivational candle of yours would look like. Awesome. Yes, I definitely will get into that. And Happy New Year to everyone who is listening. 
So my candle would be housed in this teal aqua colored glass container. Would definitely have a wooden stick, kind of a wick in the candle. From an aroma standpoint, would have hints of lavender and teakwood because I find both of those very relaxing. It would also contain dried flowers, the type that have those at the very top of the candle because I like a little extra (laughs) in pretty much everything. And so that includes my candles as well. So from an appearance and kind of smell kind of a standpoint, that's what that would be for me. I can smell it and feel it and visualize it already. (laughs) So do you have a quote or some type of saying on the candle? Yes, I would want it to say reignite and take a moment to breathe. And tell me what that means. Well, for me, it's actually a self-care ritual that I just incorporate into my day-to-day when I'm running my business. I burn what I call my work candle. (laughs) And so at the top of my work day, I light the candle. And so then while it is burning, I am doing my work. And when my day ends, I ritually blow that candle out and I walk away from my office and I walk away from the work and I leave it there until I come back the next morning. And so what that message would be for me is to just reignite the passion that I have for the work that I do, but starting it with like just settling myself, taking a moment to breathe, focusing on just making sure that I'm okay first, and then actually serving those that I serve in the marketplace. So doing a self-check for yourself first, just like how they say on the airlines with the oxygen masks, you've got to put yours on first before you can help anybody else. You have to be filled up to be able to offer and serve your audience, regardless of whoever that is. Yep, absolutely. So La Vista, do you really have a candle in your workspace? Like real physical candle? Oh, absolutely. Every day. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I am so all about candles, and I do that also. I can't do it in my office that's outside of my house because of fire code restrictions, but Mm -hmm. when I'm working at home, you better believe I have those candles going. But I'm going to think about that a little bit now, like have a work candle mentality. When I was hearing what you were talking about, gives a distinct marker in time when you're stopping your day, when you blow out that work candle, right? It's kind of like closing the door to your office or driving home, whatever it would be. But so do candles then for you always link to work or when you go into the kitchen or the living room, can you light other candles? Yeah, I have candles throughout the house. So I have candles in my bathroom, downstairs in the kitchen and our living room, just to kind of set the atmosphere for those particular rooms, the mood that I'm trying to set. I just find that the one that I dub like my work candle It's one that just kind of helps me kind of set the tone for my workday. I do work from home. So my office is at home and my husband is also an entrepreneur and works from home. And we have a young son. And like many people in 2020, he was doing virtual learning, which was quite interesting. And so, and I've been doing it for a while though, but it's just one of those ways to just kind of signify that for this space, this is where I work. This is the start of my day and this is how I end it, right? And so it's even one of those signals for my family that when they come in and that candle is lit, like my focus is on work. And then when that candle, you know, I blow that out, like I am wife, I am mom, like they know that my focus is on them because I've been able to focus on what it is I need to do in the marketplace. And now I'm able to focus on being with them and being present with them. So it's just a physical ritual that I just do in the office, but I have candles everywhere. (laughs) Well, I'm glad about that because I would be really sad if you couldn't have candles except for work. So that's good. I also like the idea of the symbolism there. You know, it's a mental state, obviously, too, you know, blowing that one out. So you're done. You're kind of closing the book on the day. But then also just for everyone else to know if that candle's lit, mama's still working. (laughs) (laughs) I got to be quiet and respectful for a short time longer. I like that. Do you use symbols like that throughout your business and what you teach? I don't know if they're all quite that tactical, but, you know, I do try to help my clients infuse like their day to day with simple things like that to incorporate their self-care. I know for me, I like 
candles. Like I like the way that they make me feel. I like the smell. I like the sound of like hearing that fire crackle, right? Of like the wick. So it's just kind of everything about them just kind of sets like a mood for me and just kind of makes me happy. And so it's that little spark of joy that just having a candle around me creates. It was like, of course, I need to incorporate that into like my work day so that I'm bringing that joy into my work. And so it's things like that, that I try to help my clients focus on like, okay, what is it that you like? What is it that brings you joy? How do we actually bake that into the systems that we're creating for you? So that this business that you're creating actually nurtures you instead of is one that is draining of you and your energy. Yeah, we all need that. And again, this is why I wanted to bring you onto the show this particular day, a day of celebration. So that's why I wanted to do more of the lighthearted candle talk. Just calm. We all probably had a really fun, crazy night last night. (laughs) And so now we're just going to ease into this new year and set the stage for a really fabulous, great, productive, happy, and self-empowering year. Share with me how you decided that this would be the focus of your work. Where did this all begin? Well, I would have to say it started, I think, with my own burnout experience. So I often refer to my time in corporate as like my other lifetime, because it does seem like a lifetime ago when I resigned from my career that I had in corporate America. And when I talk about it, it's one of those things like, hey, when you think about a relationship, it was complicated because I loved the work that I did. I really enjoyed my job. But in hindsight, I realized that I had a lot of lack of boundaries in that position, especially around my time. The job required me to do a lot of travel. So being away from my husband, we didn't have our son at the time. And he would joke because I would be gone so much that my salary was like my spousal support (laughs) because he would only see me on the weekends. And it's just like, okay, yeah, this is spousal support for you being gone all of the time. And so it's like, okay, you know, I can remember us having a family vacation, he and I, in Maui for a week and literally flying back in to Phoenix that morning and going back to our home, me unpacking, doing a little laundry, repacking and having him take me right back to the airport so I could fly to Atlanta for work the next morning. And so it was like, that was just kind of the pace that I kept in that position. And I ignored those whispers that my body was giving me like, hey, you're tired. You need to rest. You need to eat. You need to do these things. And then eventually like that cosmic two by four just kind of smacked me. It was like, okay, we're done. And I found myself actually having like in the midst of like a panic attack, like on the 202 driving into the office. Because like I said, I had ignored all of these other signs, like having like this headache that wouldn't go away, feeling super tired all the time and couldn't get rested, starting to feel emotional when I would get feedback from my boss, not malicious feedback, just like, hey, we need to change this in the presentation. And I would go outside and like ball crying and would even be thinking to myself that Tom Hanks movie, like there's no crying in baseball. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you getting so upset by this? And so it's like things just kind of escalated because I was ignoring all of those signs that my body was telling me. And so when I finally decided to resign from that position and go back into the marketplace working with private clients, I recognized that a lot of clients that I was working with had a lot of those same behaviors that I had in corporate, staying up and working until three, four o'clock in the morning, sometimes pulling all-nighters, being available whenever somebody wanted to get on their calendar. A lot of those things that were boundary issues for me, I was seeing in the marketplace among entrepreneurs that I was working with. And it was like, oh, okay. Like I know from personal experience that if they continue working at this pace, that they're on like a one way journey to burn out. And it was like, I couldn't stand by and continue to watch other people take that path. And so it's like, all right, let's work on not only making your business efficient, but let's also work on how you're going to take care of yourself while you're doing it. Because I do firmly believe that each of us has the capacity to not only fulfill our vision in the marketplace, but take care of us as visionary as well. And so that, I think my own experience of that burnout is what really led me to doing the work that I do now. Would you say that women have a higher propensity to suffering from this? Because we always feel like we need to help, aid, be there, assist anytime. 
You know, I don't have the stats to back it up, but intuitively, I would say yes. <laughs> I feel like we have the tendency to feel like we need to do all of the things. And it's like, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. I don't need help. I can do it. I can do it. And we just kind of take on and take on and give and give and give. And I think that's in any role that we're in, right? Motherhood, being a wife, partner, whatever the case may be. And I think that also carries over into what you do in the business, because I think that most of us are coming from a place of service and wanting to serve our clients. And it's like, we just give and give and give, and we just get further and further and further down on that priority list. And we don't always necessarily take great care of ourselves. Yeah, it's so true. And what we think is a strong position, so we're going to be better, greater, more successful, is actually the reverse. I mean, I've suffered from it myself. And even in the past, I'll say I'm staying at the office till six o'clock because I need to get this project done. And now I've started learning, you know what, Sue, if you're going round and round in circles with this, stop. And then the next morning I'll come in and I can do it in like five minutes. It's over because I've refreshed myself. But identifying those places where you need to stop or you need refueling or you're no longer being effective is sometimes hard to identify. Yes. But so I think this is a great place to go with this conversation because we want to set everybody up for this year. You know, different types of things that we can be doing better, I guess. And I hesitate to say better, but different in a better way for us in terms of being able to achieve more potentially in less time, but with better results, and then also taking care of ourselves too. So does it make sense for us to talk about these two buckets separately? So being efficient and then also self-care, would you make those separate or should we talk about them together? I think that we can do either. I think it's easier to kind of wrap your mind around the concepts. Sometimes when they're talked about separately, and then I think that when you have the separate conversations, then maybe you can start making those bridges to how those two things intersect and are married to each other, if that makes sense. Okay, let's do it. So I would like to start with self-care because as we've just been talking, if you aren't in a good position to show up for yourself and your business, any systems or anything you have in place isn't going to work because you're just too exhausted to even go through them properly, I'm thinking. So let's talk about self-care. If we have a propensity already to want to please everybody, and a lot of listeners have full-time jobs, so it's not just our own requirements, but it's people who are employing us. You know, different people have different situations, but how do you start tackling this? Well, I think the first place is to make sure that you know your own definition of self-care. I think that if we get our definition from other places, like, you know, looking on social media, it's just like, oh, my self-care has to look this way. And I think then that just adds to like the guilt and like the negative self-talk that we have. Cause it's like, oh, I'm clearly not doing self-care correctly because I'm not doing it like this. So I think that that's where we all have to start with what does self-care actually mean for me? And doing that self-reflection, you might be sitting there thinking like, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea what self-care looks like for me. And so then I would say it's reconnecting with the things that bring you joy. So I typically take clients through the exercise of think about the things that like make you happy. And it might be things that you haven't done in a long time because as we get older and we develop significant relationships and we have more things that are pulling for our time, like jobs and community and ministries, like all of those things we start losing little pieces of ourselves along the way and things that like just make us happy. Maybe you really like crosswords, but you haven't picked up a crossword to do that in like a decade, right? Maybe you are big into puzzles. Maybe you really enjoy walking and feeling the sunshine on your skin. Like all of those things are self-care simply because they bring sparks of joy into your life. And so it's like, once you define like what self-care looks like for you, then it's what are those things that bring me joy and how do I get more of it into just my every single day, right? Because your self-care, it's not something that is on a to-do list for you to check off. Like, okay, I did this. I took care of myself, self-care, done. And you like move on to the next thing. Like, okay, newsletter, done. It really is more about how do you infuse it and make it your lifestyle, So La Vista, is it a combination more or less of things that you do and then how they make you feel? 
So it's not that self-care, like one of the things I've tried a million times over and over again is meditation because everyone tells me how good it is for you, et cetera, et cetera. I can't do it. So to myself, I'm like, Sue, you're not taking care of yourself. You're not meditating. But then Mm -hmm. when I even try, it's like, why am I doing this? I hate this. It's so frustrating. So even though the doing might be on a good self-care list, the feeling for me isn't there. So I should just not bother with that until I decide at some point to try it again if I ever did, right? So it's the two things together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that goes back to defining it for yourself, right? Like, I remember having a client and we were talking about her self-care and she was doing regular massages. I think she was going to get in massages like every three weeks. And so we were kind of talking about that. And we were also talking about like her love languages and like how she's just naturally wired, right? In that way. And so I like for my clients to look at their self-care through that lens of their love languages. And one of the things we realized was like her physical touch was like on a two out of like a scale, I think of like a one to 12. She was like a two on physical touch, meaning she doesn't like people touching her. And so then it was like, okay, there's a disconnect here. Like, so why are you going and getting massages? And she was like, because that's what self-care is. And it's like, but who told you that? (laughs) Yeah, massages are great for me. Like, I love a massage. But if you don't like people touching you, that can't be your definition of self-care. Like, she hated them. And so when she would get out of the massage appointment, she would actually feel worse than she did when she went in. Because the whole time she's there, she's tense because she's got this stranger who's touching her. And so it's like, okay, that's not on your self-care list. Like, what does self-care mean to you? And we found out she really liked to paint. And so instead of doing massages, she would take the time to like, okay, I'm going to take a break from this in my day and go set up my easel and put some paint on canvas. And it was totally a game changer for her because that was something that brought her unique joy. This makes so much sense. So there is no list that you should be going to that say, this is self-care, this is self-care, and go through and pick the ones it is. It all has to do with what brings you joy. I mean, it sounds so simple, but I don't think we give ourselves permission to do those things. You had mentioned puzzles. I love puzzles. Like I asked my family this year for a huge, big, really nice puzzle not big size-wise necessarily, but big cost-wise, because it's those really fun wooden puzzles with, anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. But, you know, at first I'm like, why would I do that? Like, I'm not 10 years old, but I love them. They make me happy. So that's self-care then, right? That is self-care, I think, in its simplest, purest form. I think that when we adhere to like, okay, self-care has to be a 90-minute massage and like a full day at a spa, like for some people that is what it is. But for others, it's just like, yeah, I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be sitting in, like, I hate taking baths. Like, I don't want a bubble bath. And if that's like the prescription, right, that's out there, it's like, well, I suck at self-care because I don't do baths because I don't enjoy them. And it's like, all right, like, what do you enjoy? What does light your fire? What does bring you joy? And I think that lists are okay if you're looking for ideas, right? Like, I don't know what I'd like to do. Well, try it, right? You brought up the idea of meditation. You've tried it. It doesn't seem to really fit with you. Like, you don't seem to resonate with it. And it's like, okay, I've tried it. And I, now I know, like, that's not for me. And so then it's like, well, maybe there's something else on one of these lists that I have found that will spark that joy in my life. So I think that lists have their place. But I don't think that you're going to find like a cookie cutter approach just from a list that like you find on Pinterest, like, oh, here it is. These are my things. This is what I'm going to do because you're an individual and it's got to be something that just like lights you up. You were like, hey, I like puzzles, but I'm not 10. Why should I be doing this? Because it makes you happy. Right. And I think, you know, what you're saying, and this is perfect, is our own definition And it has to make us feel good. And there's no judgment about whatever that is. You don't even have to tell anybody (laughs) what else you're doing for self-care. Whatever that is for you, it's fake if you're doing it because everyone else is telling you you should do it and you're not getting that emotional growth or rejuvenation from it. It has to be pure or it's not even worth doing in the first place. So you're giving us permission to find whatever makes us happy. That's legal, (laughs) healthy, (laughs) you know, any of those things, right? (laughs) 
And no judgment on what it is. It's only for you. So I think that's freeing right there. This is a great start to the year. Free yourself in the new year, yes. Okay, so I've got a few things now that fit the category. I have some activities. What happens next with self-care? We're going to pick up this conversation right after we hear from Nancy at the Ribbon Print Company. Hi, I'm Nancy. I get to work with all the beautiful colors of ribbon as I pick and pack customer orders for the Ribbon Print Company. Our ribbon printing systems include the software, printer, and everything you need to start printing ribbon right away in your shop or craft studio. And when you need new colors or sizes of ribbon or ink, we call them foils. We're just an order away. My favorite thing is when I'm filling an order and everything fits in the box perfectly. Really, I don't know why, but it's so rewarding. Kind of like how our customers feel when they print personalized ribbons and see the reaction on the faces of their customers. Pure happiness and surprise. Besides the more obvious uses for custom ribbon, I'm seeing it used for sashes, party decor, and bookmarks. There really is no limit to its application. In our small town, the main street is lined with ribbon the city requested saying, stand strong and we're in this together. Our high school also used ribbon to motivate the students when we had Jason Brown competing in the Olympics. It's a joy to be surrounded by something that can provide motivation and joy to others. To learn more and see The Ribbon Printer in action, go over to theribbonprintcompany.com. Do it. You have to be consistent with doing it. I am a firm believer that your self-care doesn't have to be complicated or expensive, but it's got to be intentional. And so it's like, that's where the lifestyle starts to come in. How do you incorporate that into your day to day? How do you do more of the puzzles? Like, do you intentionally take a 15 minute break in the morning and go sit at the table and put a few pieces together? Is that how you break during the day? If it is walking, maybe when you take lunch, even if you're in corporate, right? Working for somebody else. If you enjoy like being out in the sunshine makes you happy, go for a walk on your lunch or go sit outside, go eat your lunch outside, get in that sun, put your feet in the grass. I guarantee you it will be a game changer for you and you'll feel so much better when you go back to doing what you were doing before. So it really is defining it, understanding those things that bring you the joy And then how do you incorporate it? How do you get more of that in your life and be intentional about doing it? Yeah, make a space in your life to do it or it just won't ever get done. Exactly. So what do we do if let's go to puzzles? And this is not my case. So I'm not going to say it, but since we're talking puzzles, what if that's something that someone likes to do and their husband's like, that is the stupidest thing. Why are you doing that? We need the laundry done. Why are you doing puzzles? Well, you know, I think that it's a conversation (laughs) is definitely needed, right? I would hope that the people that you're surrounded by support you recharging yourself and taking care of yourself. And maybe they just don't understand that that's what that is, right? And so just helping to kind of reframe what that activity or what that ritual is, what it actually means to you, what it's doing for you, how it's making you feel better. Because I think that if those around you understand the why a little bit better, I think that the support might come as well. It's like, oh, okay, like, yeah, the laundry will be there, right? But my wife needs this 15 minutes to work on her jigsaw puzzle. And by doing so, she's actually going to show up as a better wife or as a better spouse or life partner or parent or business owner, like all of the above, because her battery has been able to be recharged. So I think that if that is the feedback, then I think it warrants having a conversation like, hey, this is why I'm doing this. This is how it makes me feel supported. This is how it makes me feel better. Because people seem to get on board a little bit better when they understand the why behind something. So we're not asking for acceptance. We're providing an explanation is, I think, the way I'm receiving what you're saying. Because I could see a whole bunch of us after this conversation going out and doing some things and incorporating them into our home with family viewing it being like, has mom gone crazy? What (laughs) in the world is she doing? Or if someone does like going to get massages but never has allowed herself to do that, 
now saying, you know what? Yeah, this is for me and this is a form of self-care and I am going to spend some money doing this. But we're not looking for approval. We're looking to explain why this is important and then what the value is if someone's questioning. Again, to the fact that we're always people pleasers. It's a generalization, but I'm going to say it that way, that there might need to be a conversation so people understand what you're doing. Because we're looking at having you change so that you have a more solid, strong, healthy, effective life for this year. So those changes might be noticed, and you don't back off. If someone asks a question about it, you explain why you're doing what you're doing. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Love that. Anything else in the self-care category that we should cover here? I think that if you're doing those things, I think that you are on a really good path to taking care of yourself in a way that is unique to you, in a way that you can be consistent so that you are replenishing yourself on just a daily ongoing basis. And I'm also thinking some of this might change over time too. What you're enjoying doing right now, you might switch it out by season or just when the mood strikes you to do something differently. But the point is to fit something like this into your life as you can. And I'm even thinking like when I'm at home, this is just so crazy, but I just get such joy out of a fresh mug of coffee and lighting my candle when I sit down and start working at my desk. And so I feel like that's self-care because for absolutely no reason... I just feel so good about it. Yeah. And I would agree with you that it is. And I think that the key for that is acknowledging it and celebrating it, right? Because I think that we have such grandiose ideas about what self-care has to be, what it's supposed to be. Okay, like my self-care, it's got to be like this two-week vacation to Greece. And you know what? Hey, if it's in the budget and you want to go to Greece, go. (laughs) But think about it, though. That's like a one-time vacation like that's probably not going to sustain you for an entire year. But sitting down for a few minutes, lighting a candle and drinking a cup of coffee out of your favorite mug, that's something you do every day. Like you're literally pouring joy into your own soul every day by doing those things. Ooh, that's a great one. That's a quote for you, La Vista. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Okay, beautiful. So we've had a great conversation about self-care. I want everybody listening to really think through what that is for you and start integrating it into your day if you aren't already. And if you are, taking a little bit of time to recognize and celebrate that for yourself. And not just for today, but as we move on throughout the year. And by doing these things, I'm thinking, LaVista, that we are going to show up as our best self when we get into our workspace and start serving our customers. I'm confident that anybody who is doing that on a regular, consistent basis will most definitely show up better for themselves, their family, and their business. And stay healthy and all of that. But we still have the issue that we have a lot of work to do during the day. And especially as handmade creators, a major percentage of the people who are listening are the makers, too. So you've got that added layer of selling, making, business owner. If you're a solopreneur, you're shipping, you're marketing, like all the things. So how do we bring that into a more efficient system as we're looking at improving what we're doing throughout our life for this year? I guess one of the things that I would share is just trying to automate things as much as possible. So I know that there are things that are just going to be associated with like, I need to actually literally put my hands on this to create this, to do this, to send this out. And you know, those things that has to happen in order for your business to fulfill your orders and continue to support your clients. But I would say that if there's anything within like those processes that doesn't actually require you to manually do something or take care of it yourself, try to leverage automation as a teammate as much as possible to make the systems in your business as efficient as they can be. Yeah, I'm thinking of a couple of things that could work for our community here. And that is email service provider where you can Mm -hmm. automate some of your emails, like a new customer who comes on. You don't have to be the one writing about how do you like your order? Did everything arrive okay? Whatever those types of emails are. That is a system for sure. Absolutely. There's another system, which is shipping. 
takes a little bit of tech work, but this is totally achievable. I don't want anyone to not think about doing this, but having a system like ShipStation or Shipping Easy, where when people order from you online, their information is already in the system. So you're not having to retype addresses or anything with the order other than pulling the product, packing it up, clicking and fulfilling an order. So those are just two examples of ways that you can put systems into your overall day work. And I would add, especially for the makers that are listening, like for offboarding a client, right? Like, hey, they have ordered this. I've created it. I've sent it out. There are even tools out there. One that comes to mind is a tool called Handwritten that will connect to your CRM. So like that's where your client's information is, like their name, address, and things like that. That if you are accustomed to sending out handwritten thank yous or things like that, or you want to incorporate that and you're like, I don't even have time to do the stuff that I'm doing, let alone send somebody a note thanking them for shopping with me or supporting my boutique or whatever the case may be. That kind of stuff can be sent out automatically, right? Like if you kind of have a general idea of what a note would be, you set up the infrastructure between like your CRM and like that tool in particular, handwritten, and those letters go out automatically. So LaVista, you're not even going to believe this, but I know you're in Arizona. I visited David at Handwritten just a couple months ago, and he's been on the podcast. (laughs) Yes, I love Handwritten. I went out to his location, saw all the printers, and have you been out there? I have. It's amazing. So the next time you talk to him, tell him Sue says hi. (laughs) I will. But yeah, we were out there. We did a whole demo. I did some lives. Like I said, he's been on the show just back, I want to say it was about end of July sometime. But that is amazing. That is such a fun business. Love it. So funny that you brought that up. And such a time saver and such a personal touch to any business, even though like my business is service-based, right? Like I'm not making anything for a client, but that's still a personal touch that I like to add, but it's automated and it's consistent. And so it's like every single client that I work with is going to get this from me and it's repetitive, but it's not something that I have to manually do every single time. Right. I'm thinking of other things within our days that we can do. And one of the things that comes to mind is not all of it can always be automated, but you don't have to remember how to do things from scratch each time either. I'm thinking about when I do blog posts or even this podcast, so it would be different for different people. But when you have a process that you do over and over again, instead of having to remember each step, write it down so you have a structure that you can follow. Because that's a lot less brain power than remembering, oh, I've got to check SEO. Oh, I've got to do this. Like what all those different types of things. It could even be maybe to be even more relevant to our listeners when you're adding a new product to your website. What are the steps that you need to go through? Well, you take photos and you're seeing that photos with this filter or at this time of day is the best or whatever it is and all your different steps, then you don't have to use the brain power to remember all of that. You just follow what you've put together. You know, so that's being efficient, right? Absolutely. Documentation in any business is your best friend. And it will help you scale that business because when it's time for you to start building team and bringing people on to maybe take on some of those roles, they'll know how to do it because everything is documented and it cuts down on your training time. They'll be able to just kind of come in from day one and follow the process that you already have laid out and documented. And it's like, okay, I do this, 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 and this, and it's done. Love it. Excellent tip. Anything else we should talk about with processes and being efficient? Well, I guess to maybe close the bridge right from like the self-care into the systems. I spoke earlier about kind of looking at your self-care through your lens of like your love language. Your love languages. So that's work that is that's out there. You can go to like lovelanguages.com and figure out like what your love language is if you don't already know. And it's figuring out how to incorporate some of those things like into your system. So an example for that might be, again, like with your offboarding, we already talked about like, okay, here's where you can automate sending out thank yous, but maybe you're really high on words of affirmation, right? 
And so in your physical space, maybe you surround your office or your workspace with quotes or things that motivate you. But what about the business that you're running? And so part of your offboarding, if words of affirmation is really high for you, make sure that you automate collecting testimonials or feedback from your clients. Because what that's going to be, it's going to be like these little love notes that you are asking for from every client that you work with or every person that makes an order with your business. And that's going to be something that's going to bring you joy, right? Because you're already wired to feel a certain kind of way when you're affirmed with words. So why not have your business send those to you on a regular basis? Because how often do we ask for feedback if it's not like an automatic thing? Like you forget, you get busy and it's like, oh, I sent that two weeks ago. Is it too late for me to ask for feedback or a testimonial? Automate it. Have a system behind it. Collect that information. And not only is it great for your business, you've got increased social proof that you can use out for your marketing. But it's one of those things that you're doing it in a way that's building a business that nurtures you because it's bringing you joy to get that feedback coming in. That is a fabulous way to think about this. Because continuing with your example, you know, asking for reviews or referrals is a best practice anyway. But if it also helps you, reinforces why you're in the business and what you're doing and why you put in the work and all of that, because it aligns so well with what you need with your love languages. I've never thought about it that way before. I love that. And, you know, we haven't really talked about love language. There may be some people here who don't really understand what that's all about. So let's cover that for a minute. So there are five of them and it really is the idea of like the way that you are wired to receive and to give love. And a lot of the context of those conversations is often in like a romantic kind of way, like, oh, knowing your spouse's love language. So if they are a physical touch person, maybe you know that they're going to want some more snuggles, you know, on the couch with you because like that's how they're wired to receive love or vice versa. If you are, again, words of affirmation, like hearing your spouse tell you that you are great and that you're a great spouse and, you know, tell you things that are affirming to you, then that's going to make you feel loved from your spouse. My approach in taking that research and that way of looking at your love languages focus internally, right? Like, so, okay, if I know what my love language is, how do I do things in my life, in my business that actually speak those things to me? Which is why, you know, I use the example of words of affirmation for testimonials. You know, getting a testimonial from somebody that you have helped or that you have created something for and knowing how much they enjoyed it or loved giving it as a gift or just really appreciated your craftsmanship, like that's going to make you feel good. And so that is more of how you leverage that love language in to how you're building your business to make you feel good when you are doing the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking love languages in business, but you also mentioned personal I think telling people that what they've done really made you happy, even if it's your husband taking out the garbage or your child cleaning up the room or your child being very polite and saying thank you to someone that they don't know, just demonstrating good behavior. That makes you feel good. You should tell them because it reinforces that behavior to them, which in turn makes you feel good. It's kind of a little circle there. Is there a book about love languages? I think there is. There is. And it's actually called The Five Love Languages. (laughs) <laughs> ah, there you go. I've heard of it before. I don't think I've ever read it, but I think I'm going to now. The five love languages. Is there like a test in there or do you just kind of zero in on what they are? Or how does that work? There is a test in the book itself, but I think that if you go out to the five love I think there's an assessment you can just take online. Maybe if, you know, 10 years ago, you were like, okay, my love language was primarily words of affirmation or physical touch. It may have changed now from like the last time you really kind of thought about it. So there's an assessment that's out there that you can take to learn more about what love language you're most dominant in. Your spouse can take it. Your children can take it. If you have a team, your team can take it, right? Because how good is it to be like a boss and knowing that you have a couple of teammates that are words of affirmation or gifts is like their core love language. And like, that's how you can like purposely talk to them, right? Telling them that they've done a good job. Like 
you know, somebody that is a words of affirmation, giving them a thank you card or saying, hey, LaVisa, you did a really great job on this project or you did a really great job getting this mass order out and getting it out quickly and the client was happy. Like that's going to light them up and like make them feel appreciated being part of your team. If you've got a teammate that maybe really likes gifts, like gifts is their dominant love language. It doesn't have to be like anything super fancy. Maybe you know that their favorite coffee place is Starbucks. And it's like, hey, you know what? I saw you really working hard for this project that we were doing. I just wanted to give you this gift card to just show you how thankful I am and appreciative that you're part of the team. Like they're going to think that you are the best boss in sliced bread, right? Absolutely. And that not everything has to cost money either. You know, it just depends. But the other thing that I was thinking as you were talking is it's got to be their love language. It can't be your love language thinking they're going to appreciate it as much as you would appreciate it, right? So, yeah, I mean, my assistant, I'm not good. This is something that I need to be better at. But in the summer, we have a fabulous farmer's market. And I'm usually at the office before the farmer's market opens. And so I don't ever really go. And I'm so angry with myself for not doing it. So this is a perfect example. I need to fit that in next summer for sure to be good to myself. But she will pick up tomatoes when she sees really good tomatoes. She'll bring them in and she'll bring a couple and she'll say, this is for you and Michael tonight for dinner. I just saw them, thought of you, and I'll bring them in. And that was so sweet, right? Like she's buying a million tomatoes. She gives us two. It's just nice. It's just those little personal touches. And it also, I mean, we all can feel it. And there is science behind this that when you give, there is some reward chemically in your body just for the act of giving. Just being generous like that comes back to you too. So just had to throw that in there because I was thinking about it. So this is fabulous. I just feel like what we've talked about here with identifying love languages how to define what that means for you, and then acknowledging how you feel and integrating that into your day. And then along with easing some of the work that we have by creating systems or documenting one or the other can be a way to set us up to have a different work life in 2022 more fulfilling life overall, and just set us up really well to be happy, fulfilled, energized, and not burnt out. Yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what would you add to that or also say to inspire us to actually do it? Because you know how it is. You know, if you're a podcast listener, you probably listen to several podcasts. You get off, there's so much information And sometimes we never act. So I need some words of inspiration from you for everybody. Yeah, I would say, you know, incorporating all of the things that we've talked about, right? Systemization and the self-care into your business and into just your day-to-day life. I guess the, the biggest takeaway from that would be to give yourself grace along that process, right? You're not going to come out the gate being perfect at all of the stuff. Like, oh, I'm going to implement 14 new systems tomorrow. Like that's probably not going to happen. But give yourself grace and celebrate the progress that you're making towards these things. If you know that there are a few systems that you need to put in place, some automation you need to put in place, some documentation of things that you need to put in place. Also, you know, making sure that you're being consistent with taking care of yourself. It's progress, not perfection. It's going to be an ongoing journey as your business evolves, as you evolve. Celebrate the progress that you're making and just keep going. Give yourself grace throughout. Beautiful. I love that. Where can people go and learn more about you, LaVista? I try to keep it as simple as possible. You can find me really anywhere at LaVista Jones. So my website is lavistajones.com. On social media platforms, you can find me as LaVista Jones as well. Beautiful. Perfect. Oh my gosh, this has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for your insight. I feel so good. I mean, I already am thinking of a couple of things that I'm going to integrate in for this next year as well. Your advice is so spot on. It makes me feel light and excited about what's ahead. We've got a whole new year with whole new opportunity. Yes, absolutely. LaVista, here is to 2022 for you, me, and all of our listeners. Yes, Happy New Year. 
Cheers to a new year with a focus on caring for ourselves so we're in a better position to also serve others. January is a big month here at Gift Biz Unwrapped. I'll be talking about why starting this Wednesday in my Tips and Talks show, so make sure to watch for that. I appreciate you spending time with me today. If you'd like to show support for the podcast, please leave a rating and review. That helps the show to be seen by more makers. Here's a great review from Her Royal Fraunus. She says, Sue's enthusiasm for her industry is infectious, and it helps guests get even more excited to share meaningful insights that can measurably help her followers. Conversations are deep, and the time flies by. Thank you so much for those kind words. As a loyal listener, there are other ways to support the podcast, too. Visit our brand new shop for a wide variety of gift biz paraphernalia, like mugs, t-shirts, water bottles, and more, featuring logos and quotes to inspire you throughout your day. They make great gifts and can be shipped throughout the U.S. and are available at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash shop. All proceeds help offset the costs of producing this podcast. And now, be safe and well, particularly tonight and all throughout our new year. And I'll see you again this Wednesday for a super special announcement that's all happening in the next Tips and Talk episode of the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.